Well, hello and welcome to the Edgewood 4G podcast. My name is Kyle Parks and I'm the discipleship pastor here at Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island, Illinois. And today I'm joined with Trish Wilson from Pregnancy Resources. How are you today, Trish? How, how are you um, doing? I'm doing well. I survived the fog this morning. Okay, made good. It safe, yeah. Good. Yeah, the weather's, a little, the weather's a little crazy. Now everything's melting and it's really gross out and the rain on top of the snow is not that awesome. <laughs> not awesome. That is a great summary right there. (laughs) But anyways, we're just glad to have you here today. And uh, we'd love for our people listening and watching to get to know you and your ministry a little bit better. And so um, would love to just ask some questions today. My voice is not super strong. So I'm just going to do the asking of the questions, let you do the talking. Sure. Sounds good. Um, So uh, yeah, Trish, just tell us a little bit about yourself. We want to hear a little about you and kind of your background and your story. And then how did you get involved with Pregnancy Resources? And then we'll hear more about the ministry. Okay, sounds good. Um, So my name's Trish Wilson, and I've been here in the Quad Cities for just over 20 years. Um, Before we moved here, my husband was in the military. um, And uh, this is where God planted us when that season of our life was done. Uh, I have three kids who right now are all in the area. They're all adults now, but that's a lot of fun. Um, My first affiliation with life-affirming ministry probably happened when my parents, who were 17 and 18, found out they were pregnant with me. Oh, wow. Um, And back in the day, there weren't pregnancy centers. Mm -hmm. Um, There there weren't places like pregnancy resources. There were just places that we called the church, um, and there were abortion Mm. clinics. And so luckily for me, when my mom and dad found out that they were pregnant, in high school, just finished high school and pregnant, uh, they had a great circle of people that came around them and said, yes, you can, you can do this and it's going to be okay. Wow, praise and, God. Yeah, and, and good things can still happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I've, I've always been intimately uh, connected to, um, to the choice for life in uh, complicated and unexpected circumstances. Okay. Um, my connection with pregnancy resources actually started just over 10 years ago in 2009. Okay. Um, I was attending a local church and my church which is the wife of my senior pastor came to me one day and said, Trish, you are at the church entirely too much. (laughs) And I thought, what a fantastic thing to say to someone. Um, I was very involved in um, children and family ministry and in women's ministry. And I was at the church probably five or six days a week. And and she said, man, we love that you're here, but you need to be someplace where people who aren't going to come through these doors need help and can hear your story. And she happened to volunteer at Pregnancy Resources. So she suggested that I check them out as one of many options of a place where I could invest some time. Uh, And so I went through a volunteer training and got plugged in. Uh, My very first position at Pregnancy Resources, um, I was uh, empowered to work in what's Bella's Boutique, the clothing room. Um, And it was fantastic. God has blessed me with three wonderful sons, and I got to pick out cute clothes for little baby girls. Um, and I got to help pregnant women feel pretty, uh, in free pregnancy clothes. And, and it was wonderful. I just loved being able to, uh, to pour into women who had chosen life for their children and to help bless those little ones. Uh, and then a couple of years later, I was, um, 
presented with the opportunity to start speaking in the schools as part of the right. No Regrets Abstinence Program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that job. I got to go into junior highs and high schools and youth groups and talk about sex and God's plan for sex and pregnancy and STDs and relationships. And and I loved it because I was able to talk to young adults, mm-hmm. right, 13 to 19-year-olds, like adults because they're making very adult decisions with their bodies um, and empower them to make a different kind of choice. And and we talk about healthy relationships. I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah, I remember we had you come in yeah. maybe in 2017 or something yeah. like that to when I was doing I was that. youth pastor. Yeah. yeah, and it was so much fun. I yeah. loved it. Um, it. It loved having those awkward conversations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that weren't awkward for me at all. Because <laughs> yeah. you've done it a lot. Yeah, you've shared a lot, yeah. But... yeah. Uh, so that was, that was really great. And then Again, as as life and ministry progressed, I had the opportunity to learn the backside of ministry and get more involved with administration and client care, um, and then uh, was um, hired as the executive director in 2019 when Susan Skoglin, my predecessor, okay. retired to move out of state and become a full-time grandma. Um, okay. And I've since had grandkids, so now I understand that pull just a little bit more, um, the beauty of grandmothering. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. So it's it's been a huge blessing to be a part of yeah. the pregnancy resources story. How did you know you took over right before COVID? So how did that change things? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> so we. Um, in the early days of COVID, really what it changed was just how you would receive care in yeah. any other medical setting, mm-hmm. right? Uh, more disinfecting, more masking, uh, just making sure that people were healthy when they came into yeah. work or volunteer, when they came in for medical services. Um, so there were those kinds of adaptations. But in truth, on the medical side, we stayed about as busy during COVID as we had before or after. On the social services side, um, where we were providing things like diapers and formula and clothing, Mm -hmm. that exploded um, because especially in like March, April, May, uh, it was very difficult to be able to find diapers yep. and find formula. Many places uh, where some of our clients would normally get clothes for their children were shut down. Um, so we transitioned from um, a format where someone would come into the center and select their clothes and said they would call, tell us what they needed. We would prepackage um, mm. uh, materials for them, yeah. and then they would just uh, have like curbside pickup, if that makes so sense. So that must have been a huge ministry at that time. It was. It was. Um, and that has continued on. Um, and so uh, like this last year, we get, we were able to bless families with almost 71,000 diapers. Oh, my word. Um, wow. You know, nearly 450 cans of formula were given away. Uh, we had almost 900 visits to Bella's Boutique for clothing assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is all, uh, a lot of that is driven by donations and by volunteers who give up their time to come into the center to facilitate those needs. Um, okay. So yeah, it's it's been a huge huge blessing. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing what you all are doing, right. and the services you bring, you know, just to this area of the Quad Cities. And so we want to get into that a little bit and hear some numbers and all. But before we kind of get into that, mm-hmm. I kind of want to ask, just you know, to to head off this conversation of, you know, when you talk to people about being pro life, um, people who might be against that, they might say, well, you're just pro-birth. So what's the difference? How how do you help answer people's questions? And what's the difference between what people say is pro-birth and 
what actually is pro-life. Yes, yes. Um, So one of the beautiful things about pregnancy resources in the Quad Cities specifically is they have from our origins in, uh, we actually launched in 20, I'm sorry, in 1990. So we've been around for 34 years. We have from our earliest days adopted a holistic approach to care that advances a pro-life and a pro-abundant life Mm -hmm. philosophy and not just a pro-birth philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, Critics of life-affirming organizations like Pregnancy Resources will frequently say, all you care about is that that woman doesn't have an abortion. And once she chooses not to abort, where are you? Mm -hmm. And at Pregnancy Resources, of course, I can't speak for every center, but at Pregnancy Resources in the Quad Cities, what we can say is we're exactly where we have been for 34 years. We're here, right? So yes, we offer that free pregnancy testing and those free ultrasounds. Um, We've added something called post-abortion medical care. Um, We are life-affirming and we hope that every woman would choose life. Mm. But what we've found is as the abortion industry has gotten more aggressive in how they specifically provide at-home abortions with the abortion pill, we have more and more women who are having emotional, psychological, and medical complications. Mm. And there's no place for them to go uh, because those abortion providers don't do any of the follow-up care. So if we know that a woman has a planned Mm. termination, one of our nurses will contact her in the days and weeks after that procedure to do a mental health check, a spiritual health check, and a physical check Mm. um, to invite her into the center. Because for one thing, um, uh, abortion costs one life, the life of the preborn child. We don't want to see it cost the life of the mother, yeah. right? And and we have women right here in the Quad Cities who have had severe medical complications mm. um, that require emergency surgery and and significant blood transfusions and long-term medical intervention as a result of the abortion. Yeah. And so in ministering to her in that moment, we're actually decreasing the likelihood that she will choose abortion the next time, mm-hmm. right? Because we know that women who have had one abortion are more likely to have a second abortion yeah. or a third or a fourth. Yeah. Um, but then we also do things like have for that for that woman who has said, I'm going to carry in parent or carry in place for adoption and that man in her life, we have um, educational classes that are available um, so that you can learn how to take care of a baby. Some people have never touched a baby. Mm. They've never had the opportunity to say change a diaper. Um, You know, they they don't know basic baby care. They don't know what it means to be healthy during your pregnancy. Um, They don't know. uh, They've never seen or experienced an engaged parent. So we have um, all kinds of parenting classes that are available for women and for men um, so that they can learn how to be healthy in pregnancy, take care of that infant, and then be an engaged parent um, in the early years of that child's life. Um, We have all of the material assistance, right? Mm -hmm. We have formula and diapers and clothes, 
car seats, um, long-term pregnancy support. Uh, we have a developing fatherhood program. Um, we have a we have a man now who leads our men's client services, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Ken White, and we have nine men that volunteer in our centers. That's amazing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and what a lot of people don't realize is last year, one in five people who walked through our doors was a man. Okay. Yeah. Um, right? Because it so happens that in pregnancy, it typically takes a woman and a man. Um, <laughs> right. And and so we encourage that woman at the pregnancy test and ultrasound to invite the father of the baby into the center. And when we have those men volunteers in the center, uh, they can connect with that person and say, how are you processing? How can I help you? What are your stressors? Uh, last year, we had over 175 men that participated wow. in fatherhood coaching and in parenting classes because there was a guy in the center who could look at that young man or that man in his 20s and 30s and say, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And if you want some help, I've walked that road and I'm here to help you. Yeah. Um, those those are always that we say, we care that she chooses life. But if she doesn't, we're still here regardless yeah. of her choice, right? And if she does, here's all of the things we have to offer. Yeah. Um, another thing that we're doing now um, more consistently, consistently is that after abortion care program that we have for women and men who have had an abortion in their past and they've never um, been able to deal with the emotional, psychological, okay. or spiritual yeah. complications. So we have women's groups that meet. They're just for women. We have men's groups that meet because the the truth is, unfortunately, Kyle, it's one in four of us in the church that mm-hmm. have an abortion in our past. Yeah. Um, it's one in four women that have chosen to have an abortion, and it's one in four men that have either facilitated the abortion or found out later that one of their children was aborted, and that's a lot to yeah. process. Um, yeah. So in just a couple of weeks, we actually have a new group for women and a new group for men that will be meeting to do a several weeks Bible study um, that specifically focuses on healing spiritually after that abortion decision, because we know Jesus can heal all things, Mm, right? There's there's nothing Jesus can't take care of. So that's just one more way that Pregnancy Resources is looking to, in a holistic way, Mm -hmm. help address the needs of that woman and that man, both when they think they're pregnant and in the days that follow, uh, regardless (coughs) of their decision. Yeah, I love the word you use, holistic. I think that's mm-hmm. that's great, dealing with the physical, mental, spiritual health of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that'll help people to understand like what you truly do. And even right. the fact that women who have chosen abortion, you're still there. You're still there to support them, to help them mm-hmm. through that process. And and how important would you say it is to, to have the men on board? I mean, I kind of heard those statistics before about how important if a man, if, if he says, hey, let's have this baby, how important it is for, for the woman to choose life then? Yes. So um, women self-report that the most influential voice in their decision is the father of the mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. Um, now, her friends, her family, her parents, depending on her age, those are all influential, but he is the most influential yeah. voice. And what, what's fascinating is we frequently will hear women say, well, he wanted to support me. So he said, whatever you decide, I support. Mm. And what we hear back is when I hear whatever you decide, what I really hear is 
you make the decision. Mm -hmm. And so many of our clients have said they felt more alone and more Mm -hmm. unsupported when that man didn't take a stand than when he did, Um, right? But then of course we do have women who are being highly pressured uh, by the father of the baby or friends or family, sometimes uh, in their career uh, to terminate a pregnancy. Uh, And so we have to combat that as well. Yeah, that's big. Mm-hmm. Um, you shared a lot of the services that you all do, so there may be some more that if you want to share. But then also, what what are some challenges that you all face just in this ministry in general? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it would be great for our friends at Edgewood and those listening to this podcast to remember that first and foremost, what happens at Pregnancy Resources is a spiritual battle, yeah. right? Um, it, life physical and life eternal hangs in the balance mm-hmm. every day when we yeah. open up the doors. Um, and so that's a struggle. Um, right now, about 80% of the people who walk through our door are either um, either have an abortion planned, mm-hmm. they're undecided in their pregnancy, or they're being highly pressured yeah. to abort. That is a significant weight for people who engage in pregnancy ministry to mm-hmm. bear, yeah. right? Our, our nurses frequently see on the ultrasound screen the images of children mm-hmm. that are never given the opportunity to take their first breath. Oh. That's a heavy weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Our client advocates are ministering to women and to men who they know in that moment, the only person that rejoices in that that little life is the client advocate Mm -hmm. or the male mentor because the client, he or she doesn't see the value of that life. So that's a challenge. Um, Another challenge that we're facing right now is Uh, We rejoice in the fact that the Dobbs decision overturned Roe v. Wade. Right. Um, But the the hard reality is there are more abortions happening now Mm -hmm. than there were before the Dobbs decision. Um, In Iowa, almost 80% of the abortions now are at-home do-it-yourself abortions. And Iowa has very life-affirming people Mm -hmm. in positions of authority. Mm -hmm. In Illinois, um, we have a a legislative body and a governor that has worked aggressively to turn Illinois into an abortion destination state. And so we are walking as a culture in a, in a climate that says by law, abortion is not okay. Mm -hmm. But for 50 years as a society, our mentality and our hearts have said, but it is. Mm -hmm. And so while the law has changed, the heart condition of many of the people in our communities has not changed. And so we believe what needs to happen next is those one-on-one conversations where we can sit together over a cup of coffee and discuss the value of life. Yeah right? Um, Because we believe that God determines the value of life and God determines when life begins and when life ends, Uh, whether it's convenient or not. Many would say I was not conveniently Mm. timed. Um, I have three children. I love them all. They all arrived on God's beautiful timing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they didn't pick me. Yeah. Uh, they they had no say in the family that they were born into. Yeah. And so just working in our circles of influence mm-hmm. to shape a new culture that makes abortion unthinkable, mm-hmm. right? Not that it's not legal, right. but that it's unthinkable, yeah. Um, that we would choose to end the humanity of another 
individual. Yeah. Um, that's a huge challenge. A person born in the image of God, an image bearer of God. And, and there's a lot of debate, right, on mm-hmm. when life begins and all of that. We mm-hmm. obviously be- believe that life begins at conception. Right. But there's a lot of talk right now in yes. the world, the government, and policies that are being made yes. on when that actually takes place. And so when you see the decision made this past year and it now being an election year, what are the things that you all are yes. praying through and praying for? Um, how are you preparing for, you know, some things that could be changing drastically in our culture? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a loaded question. It is such a loaded question, <laughs> but it's a good question. Um, so one of the, the things that we work to do is be consistently honest and mm-hmm. transparent in who we are and what we do. Yeah. Right. Um, So when you check out our website, when you read our literature, when you call us on the phone, we are um, not bashful in saying we do not perform abortions. We do not refer for abortions. Um, That is not a service that we provide, encourage or endorse. Um, You know, we need to make sure that we are following ethical medical Mm -hmm. practices. Uh, We need to make sure that our nurses are licensed in both states and are trained adequately. Um, You know, last year I just did, the only reason I know this is because I just did a summary for a grant. Um, In the last six months of last year, we had over 20 women that were in urgent need of medical intervention um, that were uh, caught because our nurses did early ultrasound care. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that appointment, our radiologists reached out to our nurse and said, they need to get in to see someone now. Right. So uh, that's important, especially in the Quad Cities. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, and and maybe our friends who are listening and watching aren't aware, Mm -hmm. but in the Quad Cities, we have very limited OB care. Um, Some of our clients have said they've waited until they were 12, 13, 14 weeks pregnant and were not able to get into an Mm. OB practice Mm -hmm. because they were already full. Mm. Um, And so uh, these are compounding pressures that our clients are facing. So it's so important that we can get people into the centers early, have the trained medical staff there, um, have have skilled, trained staff and volunteers who can meet them, sign them in, provide all of the care that they need um, in an honest way, in yeah. an ethical way, right? Um, so, so that is that is part of what we're doing, yeah. um, and. And then listening to the needs of our clients, right? Yeah. We had no idea that we were going to add post-abortion medical care. Um, that wasn't on our radar. We hadn't talked about it in any of our okay. meetings. And then over the course of five or six weeks, we had probably half a dozen patients wow. that called us and said, I had an abortion two to three weeks ago. Uh, this is what's going on. My abortion provider has said, I'm not their client. I'm not their problem. And this is what really bothered us. Then they were instructed, go to the emergency room. Don't tell them you had an abortion. Tell them you think you're miscarrying. You'll get better care. Mm. Um, And as 
as our board and our staff really began to think through that and pray through that, we were righteously angered that these women who we believe have been manipulated, right? Many of whom didn't understand what they were saying yes to when they said yes to that procedure are now being abandoned by the people who made money um, on that termination decision. And so that is how post-abortion medical screening started at Pregnancy Resources, um, to be able to minister to these women in this crisis right now. Because they they don't need to hear... This is what you get, right. right? They don't. They don't need to be lectured. Yeah. They need to be ministered to, yeah. and their urgent medical needs need to be met. And yeah. and so, it's a different type of care. We didn't even know we needed, mm-hmm. uh, but now we do. And so now our nurses have received this training and are and are providing this service as well. Yeah, and when there's a demand for something, and and you have a heart for people, mm-hmm. like that. That's what we do as mm-hmm. believers, as right. as life affirming ministry. Like that's what you do. You take care of people wherever they are, in whatever state mm-hmm. you find them in. Correct. I think that's huge. Um, you know, the, I was thinking about all of this, especially everything changing in our culture, in our country. But then how this kind of uh, debate and this this issue is changing around the world as well. And I came across a story recently and had read an article. And you know, this was dealing with an abortion clinic in England. But there was um, a woman who had been praying outside of an abortion clinic. Maybe you heard about that story. Mm-mm, no, no. Um, she'd been praying out silently outside of an abortion clinic in uh, England. And it was part of like this buffer zone. So no one's allowed to protest or do anything like that. But she was literally like praying in her head. Mm-hmm. And so the police came out to her and said, what are you doing? She said, I'm praying, but not out loud, just in, in my head to God. And she was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um and you hear those kinds of stories, you're like, that that sounds completely crazy. But do you foresee those types of things happening in the states? Do those thing do you think those things might start happening here where, you know, they're trying to push this agenda so far that literally um, praying outside an abortion clinic or 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 trying to help people to choose life mm-hmm. could actually be something that you could be arrested for doing. <laughs> yes. Is it, is it, it's crazy that yes. we're talking about it, but yes. it's happening in different places. So I, I tell people uh, who are getting to know the ministry, when I said yes to becoming executive director, my husband and all, I also created a bail Trisha out of jail fund. Wow. Um, okay. Which we never thought we would need. Yeah. Um, I was always one who kind of thought if you found yourself in need of bail, mm. you should ponder how you got in that right. position. <laughs> Right. Like that's right. just logical. Right. Right. <laughs> Consider your life choices. Um, yes. But, right. but really in this society, um, because we stand against culture, mm-hmm. uh, there is that always possibility that someone would seek to do us harm. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, last year in 2013, the Illinois legislature and the Illinois governor signed some legislation. It was called SB 1909. Okay. And it was legislation that said, um, um, the state attorney general could prosecute mm. any pregnancy center that he felt or she felt was being deceptive in their practices or was not providing enough or correct information wow. about abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, and it was penalized by up to $50,000 wow. per occurrence. 
Um, but there was no <clears throat> definition mm-hmm. of what's deceptive, right. what's enough, what's medical and ethical. Um, and so the Thomas More Foundation and NIFLA represented our ministry and a number of other pregnancy mm-hmm. centers in Illinois, um, and were able to have a federal judge adjudicate that. Mm-hmm. And he actually just right before Christmas put out a permanent injunction and said, this is not legal. Mm-hmm. This is not constitutional. You can't, these are not things that you can do yeah. and it's not okay. So we were very excited about that. Okay. Um, however, in a different state or with a different judge, that could have looked very different, yeah. right? And and so that that's the constant reality. In a post-Dobbs society, yeah. states that look to protect the pre-born have become more aggressive in how they do that. Mm-hmm. And states who look to protect the abortion industry, because they're not looking to protect choice, they're right. looking to protect abortion, uh-huh. um, those states have also become much more aggressive and assertive in the steps that they're taking to codify abortion as a standard. Um, So the Dobbs decision did not bring us closer together in in many ways. It's pulled us farther apart. Um, But hence the importance of you all sharing exactly the services you offer when people ask and Correct. being truthful up front and all yes. of that, right? Yes. Just saying, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. Yes. You know? and, and regardless of your decision, mm-hmm. we're here for you. Yep. And this is what it looks like if you choose life. And this is what it looks like if you choose to carry in parent or carry in place for adoption. And if you choose to terminate, this is what that looks like. Yeah. Um, because we understand it's your choice. We hope you choose life. Yeah. Um, so, so we believe in being pro-life um, and pro-abundant life mm-hmm. that we are actually empowering women to make an informed decision, yeah. right? So that they understand. Right. That's mm-hmm. so good. Um, I'd love to hear some different numbers that you, you brought in. You said you were working through some of this stuff just today. And <laughs> yes. I'd would, love to hear where you guys are at. And yes. What PR is doing here in this area and different places. Sure. So um, we are continuing to see last year um, our numbers for medical care stayed um, very consistent and very similar with what we've done in the past. We're very excited about that. And the reason is more and more women are able to get those abortions at home. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we're still able to get them into the center um, is just the grace of God um, and and a miracle. Um, So we're very excited about that. Um, Our nurses last year, they were were able to facilitate, let me tell you how many, 783 ultrasound appointments. Um, That was actually over 1,400 independent scans, um, which means they're pretty busy. Um, (laughs) They're pretty busy. Um, We had more than 5,000 client visits, uh, people walking into the center, maybe for a pregnancy test or an ultrasound, maybe for one of those parenting classes. Mm -hmm. Maybe they needed diapers or formula. Uh, Perhaps they were coming to get the car seat they had earned. Um, But we're we're excited about that. Um, Last year, Pregnancy Resources opened their third location in the Quad Cities. Mm -hmm. Um, So now we have the Moline Center that's open. We have the Davenport Center. Uh, The mobile medical unit is still going to Rock Island Mm -hmm. and to Muscatine. 
not today, uh, but when the weather permits. <laughs> and and then now we have a new location in East Moline at the QC Mission. Uh, okay. So right now, once a week, women can also go to that location to find help at Pregnancy Resources. Mm-hmm. And then at that location, also with their uh, clothing pantry and their food pantry, uh, a number of other services that they provide there. We're very excited about that. Yeah. Um, in the coming months, something new that's going to be happening is we're in the process of developing Developing a new program specifically designed to minister to women who have lost a child okay. through miscarriage, through stillbirth, or through early infant loss. Okay. Um, because w- we are seeing more of that um, occur. We're seeing a greater need for that. Uh, and so not only are the nurses providing some medical follow-up, but we're going to have a, um, a fully developed program where they can find uh, one-on-one uh, counseling and uh, group Bible study and and support groups yeah. and those kinds of things. So, yeah, it's just amazing how many different services you all offer and so great and how it's grown, it's expanding. It is. You're finding new ways to minister to people, things that you didn't even know were, yes. were needs and now yes. and now you're just you all are ready and you're you're available and you're flexing through that. Right. How can we help now? Right. And yet we're trying to stay in our lane. Sure. Right. Because our mission, <clears throat> our mission and vision say we want to see unplanned pregnancy and abortion decrease mm-hmm. as we offer biblically based and medically ethical mm. uh, medical services, education, life affirming options, counseling, um, and material resources. And so we're never going to have job placement, and that's okay. Right. There's great places you can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, we we have some limited Bible studies that we provide in the center. Last year, we were able to have nearly 1,700 spiritual conversations. Mm-hmm. The gospel was presented uh, 23 times, 24 times. Uh, but pregnancy resources is not there to do long-term discipling. Right. And you as right. a discipleship right. pastor can appreciate that. Right. That's why I want to plug <laughs> um, people into yes, churches, local churches. Yes. So we, we look to partner with local churches. Uh, we ask all the time, you know, do you have a church that you're plugged into? Are you interested in finding one? If they don't, if they do, we encourage them to go there. If they don't, we're looking at our database to see what churches are close. Uh, In April, we're going to be having a limited training um, called A Taste of Making Life Disciples. It is all about how churches and small groups and Sunday school classes can um, together do a 12-week online-driven study on how to be ready to minister to the people in your church that are in crisis and how to be ready to minister to people who aren't in your church but could really use a church. Um, Because I tell people all the time, pregnancy resources, like the bride of Christ is big, and we are one tiny little like loop of lace on the (laughs) left heel. Like it's just right. But but we as the entire bride need to function well to meet and minister to these needs. So So if people are looking to get involved or to, to help, volunteer in this ministry? What are some ways they can do that and how can they get involved? Yes. Great question. So if they're looking to utilize our services, Mm -hmm. the best way to do that is to just call. Um, And the phone number to call is 309-797-3636. And then you just select the center closest to you because it's a a networked phone. That's easy. Um, If they want to get involved, um, if they would like to become a prayer partner, uh, my communications coordinator sends out a prayer request and prayer 
praise email every Thursday, and it's very specific. It is, uh, we're praising Jesus today because a woman canceled her abortion in the ultrasound room, right? Or it is pray for a woman who is fleeing a domestic violence situation Mm -hmm. today, tomorrow, on Friday, right? Um, They're confidential. Uh, We don't share enough detail that you know who we're talking about, but we share enough detail that you know how to pray. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need prayer partners that can sign up and do that. All you have to do is have an email and check it from time to time, right? And then Pray. Uh, don't just yeah, read it. Right, like the praying part is really well, the important. Say we're praying for you. Yeah. You actually no, do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do it. Um, if if people have time to volunteer, we can use volunteers at all of our locations. And the first step for that would be to get signed up for what's called Pregnancy Resources 101. It's an introduction to life affirming ministry. And we tell people if you're a pastor or a small group leader, if you're a person who wants to be able to speak about the value of life in a more proficient way, or if you want to volunteer, you should consider taking this training. It's three days. It's uh, like three hours in the morning or three hours in the evening. Um, we feed you like it's pretty low impact, right? Um, and again, you can call the center to get information on that. And then of course we can always use donations. Um, we're today, we're almost out of formula in both of our centers. So we could use some formula. Uh, we can always use diapers when you pass out 70,000 diapers a year. um, Drop that off anytime. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you have a donation to make, you can call the center and find out specifically what's needed, or you can just go a little crazy the next time you're at the grocery store (laughs) and then drop it by either the Moline Center or the Davenport Center during normal business hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, Trish, we're going to try to wrap it up here. Um, Love talking to you, learning about this ministry. Uh, But is there anything else you want to share? And then after that, um, how can we pray for you? personally? Sure. No. So I would just like to share that uh, life-affirming ministry can't happen when we when we serve as an island, right? Mm-hmm. Everything Pregnancy Resources does, we're able to do um, because people support us, churches support us, uh, they volunteer their time, they volunteer their funds, and they pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just say thank you. Thank you for making life-saving ministry possible right here in the Quad Cities. Yeah. Um, that's I think that's the most important thing I can say. Okay. Um, um, and then how can how can you pray? Um, you can just pray for the ongoing protection of uh, the spiritual protection and the physical protection of our volunteers and our staff because uh, life happens and things get complicated. And we believe if Satan can't uh, convince you to stop, he'll try and distract you or dissuade you with un- with complicated life events. So yeah, just praying that spiritual and physical protection would be great. Can we pray right now? Absolutely. Thank you. God, thanks so much for Trish, and thank you for uh, this ministry. And um, Lord, we pray that you lift her up, you'd watch over her, protect her. Um, thank you for using her in incredible ways, and I pray you continue to just open doors and you'd send more people their way at mm-hmm. Pregnancy Resources. Lord, I pray that you'd protect the volunteers and those who lead in this ministry, uh, spiritually speaking, physically speaking, and you would keep them strong in you and your mighty power. God, I pray that they would continue to minister here in the Quad Cities for years to come. And Lord, you would grow this ministry and uh, send people their way, Lord, and uh, ultimately choose life and, um, and draw more people to you. Lord, thank you for their ministry. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for tuning in to the Edgewood 4G podcast. Um, if you're if you're watching or if you're listening, we would really appreciate you giving us a rating and review. Uh, share this link, comment. Um, it's, it's helpful helpful to get it out there to more people. We'd love to just continue to, to share this podcast and, uh, and these videos. So thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next time.